Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. So last week, I'm not sure why they did this, but we had our monthly circuit meeting for pastors. And funny enough, everybody showed up. And that's weird because pastors right after Holy Week and Easter, you wouldn't expect that. But they all came, even a joint meeting. Um, it's also known as a winkle, which in German means in the corner. But we do this once a month. And a pastor indeed serves the word and sacrament and preaches. And the preacher that day emphasized the, the, the well-known uh, letdown after Easter. Pastors know it all too well, and the people see it often in the pews. Now today, I don't know. We're doing pretty good at Zion. Praise God. I don't know why. But however the Lord has drawn you, I don't really care. Because it's the work of His grace that today is a holy day for you, not because of you, but because of Christ and what He gives to us in His Word. That's a special blessing. Because on the second Sunday of Easter, we have a great blessing in all three of our texts together. Sometimes you have to read them all together to understand maybe a basic theme. All of them are emphasizing, if you noticed, issues with imprisonment and the need to be set free. The event in Acts with the apostles and what John described later in the Revelation were captivities that were caused from the outside, from the Jewish Sadducees that locked them away, or with John on the island of Patmos, that was a prison island made up by the Romans. Our gospel reading is very unique. Some, as you know, already witnessed the risen Jesus, but the disciples were behind their own locked doors Easter evening. Freedom in all our texts came, if you noticed, by the word. A word by the angel to the apostles. Proclaim this word of life, the life, it said. Or John, you can't miss because Jesus is literally the glorified one there who preaches, don't worry, fear not, right? All of it's there. This emphasis of freedom that came by the word. And this word connects everything in every way to Jesus Christ. On this last Sunday of April, we also have a special celebration. Maybe you heard it from me at the beginning of the month of April, but we're at the end already. And it's the 175th anniversary of the Lutheran Church, Missouri, sended, founded on April 26, 1847. That'd be Tuesday this week. The theme chosen is only Jesus. No other name. Based on Acts chapter 4, verse 12. How necessary is that kind of a focus? Only Jesus. For the Easter season. Kind of like I, as I emphasized about the baptismal candle, the Christ candle. Only Jesus is the good news of this Easter season. But it's also with God's grace to our whole synod. Lutheran Church is bound to making a faithful confession of Jesus Christ. Now, a year after the synod's formation, C.F.W. Walther in 1848 described 
they no longer had to fear these immigrant Germans. His presidential address gave thanks to God for the freedom to meet peaceably in convention compared to the dismal state back in their former fatherland. Those Germans, as you know, and others were facing a violent dissolution of relationships in the church and state. And at the same time, Walther saw how fear could still take hold in this country. They weren't out of the woods, as, they, as we say. A major question he put forward at that time was, why should and can we carry on our work joyfully, although we have no power but the power of the word? The answer was not in managing a synod, no less as it was even for a single church. Motivation and basis had to come from God's word alone. And so he states, because Christ has given his servants only this and no other power, and because even the holy apostles have appropriated to themselves no other power, and therefore have seriously warned the servants of the church against claiming every other power. There's a danger. You know this. You're all Americans. We fear power, and we know it comes from pride. But also there's a hidden abuse with power that comes from fear. Both uses of power imprison sinners just as easily. How much do we need the word? For nothing else delivers by the power of the gospel. More than an empty tomb is how the risen Jesus makes glad the procession of his peace. Now, you know, Jesus did not wait around for the disciples since their form of peace had no movement at all. Many things happened that first Easter day that was exciting. And yet, by the end of the day, the disciples were hiding behind locked doors, as it says, for fear of the Jews. Yes, they all knew about the empty tomb. Some already saw the risen Jesus. Fear still got the best of them all. If anything, it's the kind of fear that we have to notice snatches the way. Abandoning faith to every worry and trouble in life as if our works can save, as our works can do something about this fear, which it cannot. Notice how the church, the Christian confession, did not arise naturally from some right decisions or inner strength of men. They were all hiding behind locked doors. Bad decisions, plenty of fear, no strength. To those held captive by fear, the risen Jesus comes with his procession as the God of all comfort. A miraculous appearance out of nowhere. We can't explain it. Some have tried and they failed. He appears because as an exalted uh, Lord, he's God. 
Jesus can do what he wants. And so he appears as he wanted to. But it's his word that shared good news. Peace be with you. This peace came with victory, didn't it? Showing the marks from his cross as trophies still kept upon his glorified body. They weren't, the wounds weren't hurting Jesus, but he kept them there so they would recognize the peace that he put in his own flesh, not for himself, but for sinners. The disciples were glad to see the Lord, as it says, because truly nothing in life would keep that love, his love, from them. And so whatever perils of life, know this risen Lord of the cross draws near to the fears that imprison us. And there's a multitude of those things. We think of them in poverty, homelessness, addictions. But I mean, let's be frank. If you're stuck on this and you have more hours on this than you do talking with a person, you're addicted to your phone. If you're watching the TV and the news, getting all the information just from that, you're addicted to the news. It doesn't really matter. We easily are prone to making prisons as sinners because of fear. So Jesus sends out his peace as a treasured possession of life, freed and full in him. It was from the sins forgiven that the church from the start received the commission to deliver forgiveness. Since Jesus was Lord, none of the disciples, as you know, could lord it over each other. As the Father sent his Son to win salvation for a sinful world, so the Son sent his church to deliver that peace of sins forgiven by his name. We talked about this in Bible study today. Jesus breathed out life. It said he breathed on them. This, is no old, this isn't like bad breath kind of stuff or, you know, I smell good now. This is God who breathed life into Adam and Eve. Now breathes his life into his church. And what does he say? Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Freedom was for the afflicted and repentant, while the self-confident and the shameless, even the despairing, were left to their sins that gave no peace from God. Jesus promising peace in forgiveness is more than a picture. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Jesus forgives us, he's risen, and that's just a nice picture. No, it's about a true proclamation. That's what we're getting at. In our age, extending sins forgiven is a verbal taboo. You don't say that. Most people haven't even learned to say it in their homes very well, even husbands and wives to each other. And that extending of forgiveness even becomes threatening to one's freedom to choose. I mean, because that's the biggest thing, right? You want the freedom as Americans to choose what you want. And forgiveness says something different. I choose you, Jesus says. You do not choose me. I forgive you. 
That's what Jesus brings with good news for the poor. When Jesus told his disciples, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you, it was an authority to affirm no sin or choice, but to deliver forgiveness. And remember, it was a delivering of forgiveness at all costs because he showed them his hands and his side. That's the value of true proclamation for forgiveness. Christ alone died and rose from everybody. But his church holds the message to speak forgiveness as if it is Christ himself freeing troubled sinners. You know how it works. We come to church as Lutherans, we sing a hymn, and then we confess our sins. The pastor turns around and says, I, the called and ordained servant of the word, forgive you all your sins. But the I is not referring to me, but Jesus for you. A true proclamation of good news. Because we all came with our own imprisonments today, and Jesus spoke forgiveness again. The church calls pastors, though, as you know, to speak his forgiveness publicly on a regular basis. But the baptized, you heard today in Revelation, are priests of a kingdom to share this forgiveness rightly in daily life. So there's a balance between those two beautiful things, the public ministry exercising these things on behalf of the whole church, but the people putting that to action in their own lives. So act it out. I'm sorry I've sinned against you. Please forgive me. The wife says, it's okay, don't worry about it. I have more chores for you to do. Or rightly, she says, I forgive you. But really, it's about verbally actually having to say, I forgive you. And I think, frankly, that's sometimes harder to say than I am a sinner. Because with forgiveness comes a freedom. And yet, I know there's a direction that we go forward in life with the need for change. But forgiveness is all the more richer isn't it? Because I won't fulfill that list very well. But forgiveness, that kind of a love and a relationship of husband and wife, determined for sickness or health, for being a sinner or being a saint, is until death that leaves that one before the Lord who is the one who forgives us all. You get it? Jesus forgives provides his peace, for it is a procession. Processions are about a movement, right? It's a procession of him as Lord and God. Thomas would have nothing less than to see Jesus. You could call him skeptical, but he also was to be an apostle. And you know that seeing the risen Lord was to be part of the criterion to be an apostle. If he didn't see Jesus, he wouldn't be an apostle. And yet his own fear and denial, you saw what happened by just one. One leavens the whole lump, as we say. What happened? It spilled over, all that fear and denial, 
over the whole place like a mess. And it put to silence the witness of the disciples. And then here comes Jesus without any hesitation, without any really big deal. He comes eight days later before the same disabling fear and with the same word. Peace be with you. Thomas heard that answer by Jesus to his demanding ways. And the funny thing is, is, is when Jesus says, put out your hand, stick it in my hand here, and put out your finger, all that stuff, and shove it in my side, it's like as if Jesus was there that day when he was making that defense against the Lord. Because he is there all the time. He hears all these things, but Jesus appeared and affirmed that reality to Thomas. And it set him free. A long-suffering love by a Savior that gave him peace to confess without fear, my Lord and my God. And so I know you would have nothing less than to see Jesus. At least that's what you think. If I saw Jesus, it'd all be right. Well, he appeared 40 days to his disciples, and they kind of constantly had their doubts and struggles. Okay? But this peace comes now in the way Jesus has promised to give peace. There is no room for distress. The Lord promised. You heard today. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Faith is in the good news that the saving word gives joy against every fear, against every danger, whatever it may be, death or even judgment. And so St. John is apostolic. These things that you believe in, you may have life. In his text is when he says that you may have life, that's a present active verb. What that means is, is that you will not have life when you're not in faith to me. And you're not in faith to the Lord with life in Jesus without having his word. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. The crucified and risen Jesus distributes peace, forgiveness, captive to his holy word and sacrament. When the pastor gets behind the altar for a communion Sunday, what does he say after the words of institution? The peace of the Lord be with you always. You're not going to get better than the Lord's Supper. Eat it. Drink it. There are the marks of your Savior given and shed for you. Easter is useful in every way, you see, by what God has made out of the cross. Our risen Lord is active to remove fear and have faith abound in Him in the crucified Savior. The Word alone brings Jesus, and He alone gives the gospel of peace. That is forgiveness. Luther says, for if I believe that by his resurrection he has conquered sin and death, and that Jesus abides with me so that I shall lack nothing, then I cannot become timid. And whatever other danger might confront the Christian, he turns his eyes to Christ. 175 years for the LCMS, I know, is not 2,000 years of church history. However, our synod walks together as churches subscribed 
to a faithful confession, not over God's word, but because of God's word. Christ speaks his peace, and so it is for you, even while others will only see troubles. The grave cannot hold this forgiven life, promised, as you know, even for our bodies. To believe in him is to truly have life that has no end from him. More than an empty tomb is how the risen Jesus makes glad the procession of his peace. And so after the service, the pastor processes out. And you too get up and process out with that peace, not for brunch, because of the Lord and his peace given this day, a holy day, by his name and word. Amen. Christ is risen. Peace be with you. Amen. At this time, as a baptized people, the Apostles' Creed.